Take your Bibles with me this morning. Turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. If you would, please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. Luke chapter 18. Again, we appreciate those that came out work yesterday. It's kind of, you've seen a lot of odd things happen yesterday. I mean, at one point, you know, there two guys were working. The next thing I hear some thump, 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 and I look out on the parking lot. They on boxing gloves, and they was boxing. I won't, I, won't, I won't say anything about being Dustin and Hunter. I won't call their names. But they, they, I thought, I first thought, should I go out there and, and break it up? And then I looked at Dustin, the size of him, and I thought, no. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, amen. We just had a good, we had a good time. We, everybody worked hard. Uh, I was stiff when I got home and, and uh, still a little bit stiff. And some others I heard they were too. But it was good to be able to get together, good fellowship, and, and just good working together on some things. Luke chapter 18, we begin reading verse 9. It says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess." And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted." There in verse 13 be our text says, The publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, The Cry of the Publican in the Temple. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this day asking, Lord, that you would meet with us. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the folks that are here and those who have traveled in from down south, Lord, the Dylan's folks, Lord, the Rudd family, Lord, I pray that you bless them, Lord, give them safety as they travel home, bless his life as he launches out, Lord, from graduation, Lord, I pray that you'd be with all those that, that uh, did graduate there from Mo Valley, and especially those at the rodeo bunch and different ones that was at part of the church, Lord, we pray that you just bless them, keep your hand upon them, but now, Lord, I pray that your blessings in your hand and your presence would be upon this service, Lord, I pray that your Spirit of God would would, would speak to our hearts and guide my, my life, Lord, guide my tongue and help me to speak that which you'd have me to. Lord, I pray that you might increase, that I might decrease, that we might see you high and lifted up. Help me to hide behind the cross that they may see Jesus Christ. Bless this time, I pray. If someone's not saved, Lord, I pray that today would be that day of salvation. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. In this parable uh, that's given by Jesus, we have a, a contrast. It's a contrast between um, the Pharisee and, and, and the publican. The Pharisee, if you go back and, and, you, and you begin to do a little study about Pharisees, the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee before he got saved. Apostle Paul, the Pharisee was a very religious, very strict sect of religious people in that day and time. 
And uh, this one man that came to pray, he was a, a Pharisee. He was very strict in his religion. He was very staunch in it, you might say. And then you have the publican. A publican, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but a publican was a Jew, generally classified as a, was a Jew that was classified as a publican. They generally were men that were tax collectors. And uh, the Roman Empire would take these men and they would uh, give, pay them to go around and collect taxes. And, and I'll get into that a little bit more about the, why uh, this man was uh, looked down upon and considered a, a wicked man. But, but that's, uh, that's kind of where we're starting there. And so the Lord gives us this parable. He's, he's bringing a contrast, helping us to see the difference here in the prayer of these two and, and how they approach the Lord. And and you know, to be honest with you, you know, the Lord, if you, go, if you go through the Scripture, you'll find that Jesus, He was continually, he was continually uh, uh, speaking out and you might say reprimanding and, and trying to get people to understand uh, uh, about self-righteousness. He was continually dealing with the self-righteous crowd and how that they should humble themselves and turn to the Lord. And so He's given this parable here. You know, it's no different in our day and time. It's no different. We have the religious crowd. We have those who are self-righteous, you might say, whether they're saved or not, or even those who are saved that would be classified even as self-righteous, thinking that they're, that they're something that they're not. We have that today, and, and many times, many of them don't realize that uh, a lot of them are lost and that they're going to die and go to the devil's hell because they're putting the emphasis upon themselves, and they never receive Jesus Christ their Savior. They're working out their, trying to work out their own salvation as far as good works, and my friend, you'll not get to heaven through good works. It's only through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Amen. So look at me, or look at, at this with me this morning as we approach the, uh, the and calling on the as the Lord calls these two men out here in this parable. First of all, both men, you got to understand these men. Both men were in the in many ways they were the same. You can look across this auditorium, and in so many ways we're the same. So many ways. So many so many things about us are the same. But these two particular men here, as we're looking at in this parable, they both, uh, they had so many likenesses together. Both of them believed in Jehovah God, not idols. See, how do you know that? Because they both went to the temple to uh, worship. They went to the synagogue. And so they were believing in Jehovah God. That's where they went. Both of them came to the same place to worship or to seek the Lord. Both had a knowledge of the importance of seeking the Lord concerning their life. They, 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 otherwise, they wouldn't have been there. They... They realized, hey, listen, I need to go to the, they, they, they said, I need to go to the temple. I need to go to the synagogue. I need to pray. I need to, to seek the Lord. And so they had that in common. Their mind was that they believed in God. They believed that they was to go to the temple and worship. They believed that, uh, uh, that the Lord wanted them to pray and to seek His face. Both of them prayed the same type of prayer that uh, revealed their hearts in many ways. They both prayed, and you can tell their hearts here. Now, their hearts were different, but it, their prayers revealed their heart. You know, our towns and our cities are full of people who claim to believe in Jesus Christ. You go down through Marshall, you can go down through any town. We can go, you go down through my hometown, Piedmont or Elsinore, and you can knock on doors. You go wherever you want, and... And people who don't darken the door of a church and who really don't claim to be saved, they'll tell you that they believe in God. Many of them. Now, I understand we're getting a lot more today that, that are agnostic and, and say they're atheists and so forth. But let me put, put them in a cancer ward for about a, a week or so and find out they got cancer and let's we'll see if they still believe that. 
The fact is they begin to realize that, hey, most of them, not all, but most of them realize that there is a God. They just don't want to think that there's a God. But you go through, through our churches today, and you're, they're full of both types of people that uh, this scripture is talking about here, those who are religious, self-righteous, and those who are like the publican. Many claim to pray and call upon the Lord, and I don't know how, how many times I'll be talking to somebody that never darkens the door of a church and, and doesn't have, you know, don't have any type of, uh, of, uh, of fruit of knowing Jesus Christ their Savior, but you talk to them, oh, I pray all the time, pray all the time, pray all the time. Do you know Jesus Christ your Savior? Well, you know, I pray all the time. Uh, was there ever a time in your life when you asked Jesus Christ to come to your heart and life and say, well, I pray all the time. And I'm not doubting that they don't pray. And the fact is, is that these two men were, were, were praying. There was many things alike, and you don't realize, but sitting in churches all across this nation, there's people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they'll pray this morning. There's people sitting all across this nation who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, don't really want to get serious about it, but they'll go to church. There's people across this nation who think that uh, if they can do good works, that they'll, that they'll one day that their good works will outweigh their bad works. So we see this in this, this parable that he's given here. But there was a major difference, and that is how they called upon the, on the Lord, just as, uh, as we see here in their hearts, the way that they approached the Lord. And we see that in our churches, we see that in our towns, we see that in people's lives. So first of all, consider this Pharisee here, and look at verse 11 and 12 here. It says, The Pharisee stood and prayed, thus with himself, God... I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. And I can almost see him taking and turning his head over and looking across there and sees that publican and, and even saying, uh, even as this publican, I'm not like him. I'm not one of these that go out, and I, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not trying to get money out of somebody. And, and no doubt he was thinking of the publican when he said extortioner, getting extorting money out of people because they did do that. The publicans did do that. They extorted money out of them, threatening them to get money out of them so that they could put some of it in their pocket and then give it, the rest of it to Rome. Unjust. And on he went with the, his uh, adulterers and so forth. He says, I fast. He goes on after he says, I'm glad I'm not like them. He says, I fast twice a week. Ooh. I give tithes of all that I possess. Not just what I made this week, but everything that I possess that comes before my hand, I give tithes of it, he says. You see, the Pharisee saw himself falsely. He saw himself as a pretty good man, better than others. You might say he looked down his nose at him. He really didn't see himself as in need of God, but more that God was in need of him. You say, what? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people today, I'm talking about religious people and even saved people, that they really feel like God's in need of them, that they're not really in need of God. You talk to a lot of people, and I have talked to people before that, about the Lord and, and, and trying to, to get them to turn their hearts to Christ, and I've actually had them say, I don't need God. I don't need God. But I'm talking about people today who say that they believe in God, but many times they feel like, you know, I'm just a pretty good person. What would God do without me? What would God do without me? Probably a lot more than He's doing with you, amen? 
The fact is, is that many people are in that, in that self-righteous uh, uh, position, and that's about the way this, uh, uh, this Pharisee was. He felt like that he was a gift to God. and He was so proud of himself. But he could not even see his own sin, even he, at the very time when he was praying and he was looking down upon the publican over there and said, I'm glad I'm not like him. That'd be about like me walking down through these aisles and, boy, as a pastor, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I'm not like Wyatt. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Look around a little bit more. Now, I know he's my grandson, but whew, I'm glad I'm not like him. Blake. Or look at somebody and maybe somebody has a... And let me say this. I don't care who you are in this room. You're not perfect. You've got... You, you know, here it is. It's, it's, it's just now uh, uh, about uh, 11.30. And probably if we start taking our shoes off, your feet stink. See, I know. I said, well, mine do, but, you know, the, the fact is, is that there's none of us. We all have things that need to be changed in our lives. But this self-righteous Pharisee, he was looking, he said, I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm glad I'm not like them. And he thought that he didn't sin, and yet he didn't see it in his own prayer that while he was praying, he was, he was actually uh, committing sin there. In, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This man was deceiving himself. Can I tell you something sitting here this morning? I don't care who you are. If you're sitting here and say, Well, you know, I'm just in pretty good shape and everything and I don't think I got any type of sin. You're deceiving yourself this morning. He said, well, preacher, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you are. But don't deceive yourself in thinking that you're without fault and without sin. Preacher, that's not popular to preach. I didn't get up here to win the popularity contest. We find over in, in 1 John chapter 1 also, we find, they says, uh, in verse 10, he says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Talking about making God a liar. And his word is not in us. You see, each of us daily, there's things, you say, well, preacher, I, I didn't do this today, and 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 I didn't do this today. No, but you know what the Bible says? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And many times it's even an attitude or thoughts or things that we should have done that we did not do. You see, this Pharisee's prayer was one of pride. He thought he was accepted of God, uh, accepted of God because of what he did and what he did not do. It was only required, by the way, he talked about fasting uh, twice a week. Do you know, and to give you an understanding of this, the Jews uh, were only required to fast once a year. And that was at the atonement. Once a year. Now he's standing before God, he says, I fast twice a week. It's almost like saying, God, you know, you require us to fast at the atonement. And, 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 and you know, but I want you to know, I fast twice a week. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. He goes on and he talks about his tithes. He bragged about tithing even down to the tiny herbs from the garden. 
He says, I tithe everything. So how do you know he was talking about that? Because the Lord dealt with that later on. Many of the tithes that they gave was the little things even. In Matthew 23 and 23 it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe on mint, on anise, on cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, faith, and the, these ought you have not done and not to leave, out, uh, leave the other undone. He said, listen, you're going out here and you, you're into your little herb garden and you're going to say, well, uh, I'm going to tithe 10% of these here uh, uh, pieces of mint and 10% uh, 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 10 of, uh, of, this, uh, of this cumin over here and 10% of, of this uh, over here and, and went to his herb garden. He said, I want you to see how good a man I am. I, I tithe. I, I give of everything. And he's patting himself on the back as he's praying. But could I tell you the tithe means nothing to the Lord if the heart is not right with him first? In fact, he tells us in Matthew 5, 24, he says, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first and be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. He said, make sure that that heart is right before that tithe. He said, you want me to, 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 to say, hey, can I tell you this also? The tithe was just what was required anyways. It's not like he was doing any great works. But he thought he was doing something. His pride was taken over. Notice his prayer was for self and others to hear. Look here with me in verse 11. It says, the Pharisee stood, and notice what it says, and prayed thus with himself. You say, well, preacher, well, you've got to understand the custom of that day and time. They would come into the, into the temple, into the synagogue, and those who were of, they thought, better stature, such as the Pharisees, would come to the very front. They would stand. And they would pray. And they would pray out loud so that everybody heard them. They would pray so that people could hear what they had to say. He prayed with himself. And basically what he was doing, I'm a pretty good person, God. Don't you like me? I'll tell you what, when you got me, you really got something. Man, you're dandy, but I'm dandy too. Boy, I'm glad I'm not like that old publican over there. I'm glad I'm not like that one over there. I'm glad I, I boy, I tithe. I, I want you to know, Lord, I tithe everything. And God, I, you know, not bragging or anything, but <laughs> I'm just a pretty good guy. I'm glad I'm not like all that. And he did it so that others could hear him. That's why he said, I tithe everything I have. That's why he said, I fast twice a week. Because he knew that all the other religious people in there, that uh, those, uh, those Jews, they knew that they only, was supposed, they only had to fast once a year was, the, was what was required of them. And now here he is, he said out loud, he said, I want you to know that I'm fasting twice a week. He didn't have very much thought of God because God knew all that. He didn't have to tell God that. 
but he wanted everybody else to know it. Sometimes, listen to me, Christian. Sometimes if we're not careful, we do things to be seen of men instead of God. And that is of none effect. And oh, how we need to be cautious of that and realize that that is our pride. When we want to be seen of men and want to be recognized of men, want, to know, want them to know what we're doing and, and how good of a Christian we are, be careful. He's tell, he was telling God and others that, uh, we're, we're, uh, that, that were there that, which could hear him as he prayed aloud of his goodness. In Matthew 6 and verse 5 it says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. His reward was not from God. His reward was others uh, that was around him who thought, oh man, he, he, he ties all of this. And he, he, he fasts twice a week. Wow. And, and man, he is, he's not like the publican and he's not like the extortioners and he's not like the adulterers. He's a good man. That was his reward. It was his pride. But listen to the prayer of the publican. As he cries out to God. He says in verse 13, he says, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. The publican saw himself honestly. The Pharisee saw, well, he, he, was, he was delusional about what he was. But the publican saw himself honestly in, in need of forgiveness. As I said before, the publicans were Jews that were tax collectors for Rome. Most of them were thieves and cheats, and they lined their pockets with the money that they collected from the other Jews. And so therefore they were greatly looked down upon by everybody else, and, and they, they called them publicans and sinners. They called them wicked people because of they were taking taxes from the other Jews. But not only were they just taking taxes, but they was taking more than they were supposed to take. They were considered the sinners. They many times were not allowed into the temple or the synagogues to engage in the public prayers. Even Jesus, when the Pharisees and the others, when they looked at Jesus and was deriding Him and trying to get people to look down upon Him, they made the statement there, and Jesus himself is speaking of in Luke 7, 34, says, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. They took his publican's name, these publicans, and said, and tied Jesus with them, and said, That's how bad they, they looked down upon him. They thought, if, I, if we can connect them together, if we look down upon the publicans and these sinners. And, and so if we can tie Jesus to the publicans and the sinners, then nobody will have anything to do with him. That's how much they looked down upon the publicans. And here's this publican, he comes into the synagogue. The Pharisee, he comes up to the front to make his prayer in front of everybody. The publican, he stands off in the back. And unlike the Pharisee who looked up and was praying unto God, the publican drops his head down. 
wouldn't look to heaven. He begins to smite his, his chest. His prayer is, be merciful unto me, a sinner. He saw himself in that frame of mind. He saw himself as weak. He saw himself as that sinner. He knew his life. He knew what he had done. And he was not happy with it. He was ashamed of it. He knew the Lord was not pleased with it. He began to humble himself. He stood afar off not feeling worthy to enter close to the holy place. There in Romans, Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, uh, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said, don't think that you're something that you're not. He said, don't, don't try to bolster yourself. And sometimes we get so braggadocious about ourselves. Well, I've done this and I've done that. And, and we begin to think of ourselves as something better than what we really are. You find here this publican, he doesn't. He says, be merciful to me, a sinner. He is so humble that he will not even lift up his eyes. So many times as Christians we're not willing to humble ourselves like that to God. I think one of the problems that we've got today is that we've got too good to use an altar. We've got too good to bow the knee to God. Well, preacher, I can take care of it here in my pew. Can you really? If that is your attitude, you can't. Because that is your pride come between you and getting right with God. I'm not saying that, that you cannot. I'm just saying if that it continues to be our attitude that we never use an altar. Well, preacher, you don't have to go to an altar. One of the reasons of an altar. You go through the Old Testament and look at the altar. The altar is a place of death, of sacrifice. Very humbling. I'll never forget Dr. Tom Williams telling about a lady. He was preaching revival. I'm not sure where it was at. And he said there was a, a very well-to-do lady. He said everything was just elegant about her. The rings... The makeup, the hair, carried those expensive purses, her clothes, everything matched exactly. He said, you could tell she was very, very well off. she come to the services, her nose up in the air. He said, one night during the revival, God got a hold of her heart. He said, she came forward and after the service, at the end of the service, after everybody who was starting to leave, and she came up to him, she said, Dr. Williams, I'd like to get saved. And he said, okay. He said, let's go over here and kneel down. Walked over like that, and Dr. Williams knelt down like that. He looked up, and he said, I thought you wanted to get saved. She said, I do. He said, okay, let's pray. I thought you wanted to get saved. She said, I, 
I do, but do I have to get down there? He looked her in the eye and he said, you do. He said, when she got over towards that, that altar, she began, he says, like an, like an old, old cow trying to get down. <laughs> he said, but when her knees hit the floor, he said, he said, the tears began to flow. He said, that $200, make, $200 makeup job began to run down her face onto the floor. And she began to weep and wail and call on God. And she got saved. You see, the difference was her pride from here to there and being able to get saved. Her heart didn't want to yield to bend the knee unto God. Christian, listen to me. We've got to learn to humble ourselves before God. We find this man as he Stands afar off and he won't lift up his eyes because he knows in his heart his sinful condition. He kept his eyes looking down in humility, not feeling as though he had a right to look toward the throne of God. The psalmist says in Psalms 51, David is praying here and he, he says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. As he smote upon his breast, it was a sign of his brokenness of his spirit and his heart. He approached the throne of God in prayer and in humility, not in pride. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves, there, uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. It's the Lord that will lift us up. It's the Lord that will, will say, well done. You see, he sought mercy, not a reward or a pat on the back. Saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, how we need to see ourselves as this publican and not the Pharisee. How we need to approach the Lord in humility, not in pride. Be willing to say, Lord, whatever it is in my heart and life, Lord, I, I'm willing to change it. Many times the reason that we don't want to, to humble ourselves is because there's some things that we're wanting to hang on to in our lives. And, and we're afraid that God might put His finger on that thing in our lives and get us to, to turn from those things. We need to humble ourselves. Before the Lord. You see we've got church today. Where everybody comes in feeling good. And nobody wants to go out feeling bad. We live in a day and time. When everybody wants to come in. And just preach or get up. And, and preach about how good everybody is. And boy it's good to be saved. And on your way to heaven. And, and boy everybody's good. Everybody's great. Everybody's wonderful. And every one of us realize. That, hey listen if we'd stop and realize that we're not. Amen. Including this preacher. And daily we must come before the Lord. And daily we must seek His face. We live in a day and time when people just want to be patted on the back and everything's uh, uh, spoken of as well in their lives. You see, the lost must approach the Lord this way this, this publican did to receive Christ. They must humble themselves. And the Christian must approach the Lord this way in order for, to live for Him and to see him, uh, him glorified in their lives. Notice here, the publican went home justified, not the Pharisee. Look at verse 14. He says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Talking about the publican. Rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. 
You see, the Pharisee went home self-satisfied. The Pharisee said, boy, that was a good day at church, man. I, I tell you what, everything was good. I tell you what, I told God how good I was. Boy, he evidently agreed he didn't say anything. He went home satisfied, boy, just great. But it says there what? The publican went home not satisfied, justified. Justified. There's a major difference between satisfied and justified. You see, justified means to be declared righteous by God on the basis of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. We find there in Romans 3, 24, it says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? When you humble yourself before the Lord and when you seek Him in a humble way, when you're willing to lay all before Him, when you realize that, that He is, is, is the Savior and, and you need Him, when you realize all there's a peace that comes into your heart and life like nothing else. A peace. So many Christians today are so bound up in their lives and they don't have peace because they're not willing to admit their sin. So many Christians today don't have peace because they're not willing to humble themselves before God. So many Christians are bound today because of their pride. They don't want to go forward in a service and, and, and confess their sin to God. Afraid somebody, well, I wonder why they went forward. It doesn't matter what they think. If, if they're not even thinking that. You say, preacher, you preach this trying to get people to move forward. No, I'm just preaching this because it's what God said to preach today. And we're bound up by our pride. And we're bound up by the things in our lives that we're not willing to confess to God. And we wonder why we don't have victory and we don't see our prayers answered like we ought to as Christians. I remember before I got saved, it was my pride that was keeping me from getting saved. I remember thinking, one of my friends, I got saved when and they're in Piedmont Tabernacle Baptist Church. I got, I got saved uh, when I uh, was uh, 15 years old. But before that, I remember sitting on that row with, with my friends. And, and I had a girlfriend, had other friends sitting there. And I was under deep conviction, knew I was lost, knew I needed to be saved. But you know what was going through my mind? I wonder what they'll say. I don't want, what are they going to say? If I go forward, they think I'm saved. I've told them I'm saved. What are they going to say? For several weeks, I, that kept eating at me. And finally, on a Wednesday night, middle of May of 1975, I remember thinking, I'm not dying going to hell for nobody. And that night, I got saved. I'll tell you what, I was standing there, and I, I was waiting for them to say, well, I thought you were saved, and I had... I don't know how many people walk up and say, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. Here all the time, I thought I had them fooled. They said, we've been praying for you. You know what? It's the devil and our pride. And finally, this, this publican, he came to an end of himself. He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
He went home justified. You want I believe? He went home saved. Went home saved. What about the Pharisee preacher? He went home the same way he came. Lost. Without Christ. Religious. Oh yeah. Religious. He was one of them that probably was involved and would have been involved in, 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 and this is a parable, but he would have been one of them that would have been involved in, in having Jesus Christ crucified. See, only the prayer of the humble publican was received by the Lord that day. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Many is going to miss heaven because of their pride. Trying to make it on their own goodness. But there's no goodness in any of us. In fact, Romans 3.12 says they are all gone out of the way. They are together. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. None. None. See, only when you humble yourself, admit that you're unable to save yourself, and that Jesus is the only way to save you from hell, will you be able to get saved. But Christian, when we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, we can also, we can grow in the Lord and see His hand move in our lives. If we're to worship the Lord, we must humble ourselves in order to lift Him up so that, he, so that He's exalted, not us. Much of what you, much of, uh, uh, many, many times today, Christians in their lives, because they will not humble themselves, they can't exalt God if they won't humble themselves. You cannot, you cannot exalt the Lord unless you humble yourself. You say, what do you mean? The closer you get to God, the more vile you see yourself. And the greater that you see Him and, and His magnificence. So many people, their, their view is only from what they read in the Bible. Instead of humbling themselves and seeing the Lord as He lifts uh, up Himself before you in His hand and the Spirit of God works and exalts Him in your mind and in your heart. This morning, your pride will keep you from seeing him high and lifted up. High and lifted up. Oh, how we need to humble ourselves. That he might be exalted. That he might be lifted up. I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. One of the hardest things as a preacher, in in the heart of a preacher, is to be able to lift up the Lord so that people can seem high and lifted up. But I believe that as I try to lift him up, if we'll humble ourselves, we'll all seem high and lifted up. James 4.10 again says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. He must increase, and we must decrease in our thinking of ourselves. Luke 14.11 says, Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Oh, we see the contrast here. We see the religious self-righteousness of people, whether they're saved or whether they're, they're lost. You can, be, you, can, you, can, you can be lost and be self-righteous. You can be saved and be self-righteous. But this publican, he humbled himself. He says, oh, be merciful to me. This morning, my heart's desire that every one of us would say, Lord, I want to humble myself before you that you might be lifted up.
that you might be exalted, that you might be magnified in my life, in what I say, in what I do, on all about me, Lord, that you might be exalted. Our lives should be about the Lord Jesus Christ, not about what all these little things that this, this Pharisee was talking about. Oh, I tithe. I do this. I do that. No. That's not Christianity, folks. Christianity is humbling yourself that we might exalt him. I've heard so many people, and you've heard me say this so many times. I've heard so many people say, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to run in and throw my arms around Jesus Christ. No, you're not. You're going to fall on your face before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why not do it now? Why not now? He deserves to be exalted now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior. Maybe you're like I was. I, I professed to be saved, but I wasn't. My friend, maybe this morning, you need to come and receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. I'll be standing here in the front. You come and let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe this morning, Christian, God spoke to your heart. Wanting you to humble yourself a little bit more. Wanting you to draw near to Him in a greater way. Let Him have His way. Let Him have His way. Oh, that we would humble ourselves before Him, before His mighty hand, that He would be exalted. Father, I pray that you'd have your will and way in this invitation. May you be glorified. May you be lifted up. And Lord, may we humble ourselves before you. Lord, you deserve the honor. You deserve the glory. Lord, you deserve the worship that comes from a heart that's humbled, not one that is braggadocious of self. Father, have your will and way in this invitation. If there's someone here that doesn't know Christ or Savior, Lord, I pray that they'd come and let us show them how to be saved. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me?